Welcome to CBJ in 30, the official podcast of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here's Bob McElligot. Welcome to another Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ in 30. Blue Jackets coming off a weekend where I guess I would say it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Or maybe I should say it was the worst of times and then it was the best of times. That would be far more accurate because the Blue Jackets blew a lead on Saturday night at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They had leads of two to nothing and three to one, blew the leads and lost to the Penguins six to three, and then went into New York, Madison Square Garden last evening, not even last night, not even 24 hours. Not even 24 hours was between the start of Saturday's game and Sunday's game. And the Blue Jackets went into Madison Square Garden. They built a lead. And what they did this time was they held on to that lead. And they won the game in a big way, 5-1 to one over the New York Rangers. Huge win for the Blue Jackets. Make no mistake about it, an absolutely huge win for them in the game yesterday looking at what they were facing, the game they had just come off of, the whole nine yards. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic victory. An early season fantastic victory for the Blue Jackets. So, all in all, it's been a good week. There were four games this week, and the Blue Jackets won three of those four. The only one that they lost, as I said, was to Pittsburgh, and that one always hurts. But you can put it behind you a little bit because they're sitting in a much better spot. When we talked last week at this time, doom and gloom would have been the theme. As we talked this week, there is a much brighter mood around the Blue Jackets and what is going on. So this, of course, is where you get to ask your questions of me, and I get to give you expert answers. That's what it's all about on the Monday Mailbag. I'm live on Twitter Spaces. If you want to get on the show through Twitter, You can do it. All you have to do is request to be a speaker, and when you do, I can add you as a speaker, and once I do that, you can just simply ask me your question. Let me show you how easy it is as we do it right now. Donald is first up today. Hello, Donald. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Good to talk to you again. Good talking to you. Hey, so uh, do we have a goalie controversy now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh it seems that uh, a lot of people are talking that way. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's uh, – look, Daniil Tarasov was terrific yesterday in New York against the Rangers, and Elvis um, Elvis struggled. That That's the best way to put it against Pittsburgh on Saturday night. Uh, I want to start by saying, Donald, that you need mm-hmm. more than one goaltender to win in this league. We've learned that. Uh, everybody's learned it, and you see teams now it used to be like kind of a uh, – 80-20 split between their goaltenders, and a lot of teams are getting back toward a 60-40, maybe even toward a 50-50. The bottom line is you, you need more than one guy if you want to win. But you need the main guy, and you need the other guy. And the question right now is, is Elvis still the main guy? And it's a legit question. And I, I don't mean this to knock on Elvis, on, on Elvis whatsoever because he won the game against Vancouver. And he won yep. the game against Nashville. So it's not like you can't say, well, this guy's winless on the year and look at what this other guy's done. As a matter of fact, Elvis has the two wins and Tarasov has one win. So you can look at it however you want. But when you look at the two games themselves this weekend, here's what I thought about Elvis. I thought that Elvis at a certain point just kind of came unglued in that Pittsburgh game. I think all For of sure. a sudden he, he started to try too hard. Um, he... The one goal where he was trying to bat the puck out of the air, I just I don't understand that. I know it's a reaction. He sees it. He's just trying to get rid of it. But it's you know it's not uh, when they're teaching you textbook technique that that's not in it. That, that's all right. athleticism and, and reaction. I understand that, but it just I just thought he started to try to do so much. And to be honest with you, Donald, I think it happens. I, I think look, we're all sick and tired of seeing that same game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, aren't we? Oh, yeah. The same game. Build a lead, lose the lead. Crosby's going to have at least one somewhere in there, probably a big one, which he did again. And mm-hmm. and you come up feeling disappointed. 
So we're all tired of seeing that, and I'm sure Elvis is tired of seeing that, and there is pressure. I I don't care what anybody says. There's pressure in that game in particular because of everything that surrounds that game. But I think that he just, I think he tried to do too much, and then it kind of exposed him because he was scrambling, and and it it wasn't what we saw yesterday in New York, which was a goaltender who is big and takes up a lot of the net and just calmly let the game come to him. So, yeah. Is there a controversy? I don't know if there's a controversy. I will tell you this. The most popular player in every city is, in my opinion, one of two guys. It's either the backup quarterback or the backup goaltender. Those guys can (laughs) never do any wrong until they become the starter, and then all of a sudden everything's wrong. Um, So keep all of that in mind. But I also don't want to downplay how uh, Daniil Tarasov played in New York. I thought he was absolutely terrific. So what do you think? Do you think there's one? Well, I don't, I don't think it's a controversy. I think that even in the small sample size with Tarasov, he, like you've been saying, he's kind of more cool, cool, calm and collective. And social media has been saying that too. People can see that he uses his big size and doesn't get frazzled, doesn't kind of do too much uh, when he doesn't need to. And, you know, noticing Elvis in the last few games he tends to be out towards the front of the blue when things are close to him, when he could settle back a little bit. And I, I think that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not a goalie expert like well, you are, sir. Well, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> in all, but in all fairness, though, you've got to watch because you can't get, if you get too far back in your net, then it then there's way more openings. So I as, as far as the, to me, it's not the actual position where they're standing on the ice. I think Tarasov can stand in the same spot and, just have it look different because he's so much bigger, quite honestly. Yeah, it might just be the look. Yeah, but, it, but it. if you collapse into your net, you're just asking for problems. So, But to me, with Elvis, it is, um, you know, there are times I think he gets over-concerned with playing the puck. Mm-hmm. He's good at it. And if you're good at it, that that's a weapon. But if you get too much into it, and it, it can also become a detractor as well. And yeah. Again, I, I just thought there was a point, and I think – in my opinion, I thought it was after that uh, Jan Ruda goal that was scored, um, and I think that one made it three to two, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. But I, I just thought then it was almost like, oh, I've got to do more. I'm not. I, I've got to make sure this doesn't get tied. I've got, and I just, I think he put too much on himself, and it just got out of his control. And then I thought against the Rangers, nothing got out of control. Uh, for Daniil Tarasov. That's exactly what they needed. If you're going to go in, look, they were playing a back-to-back. As I said, it was less than 24 mm-hmm. hours. And the Rangers hadn't played since Wednesday. Or uh, Thursday, rather. They had two days off. That, that was huge. And that's the yep. goaltending performance they needed on that particular day. Now, but, when you talk about controversy, look, tomorrow yeah. night, you're playing Arizona. That could go either way. I mean, to me, if... Uh, Tarasov is right back in the net. Absolutely, it's deserved based on the way he played. Yeah. Uh, if Elvis is well, back in net, maybe you want to get his confidence back by playing against a team mm-hmm. like Arizona. Solid. Yeah, solid point. But as they say in Star Wars, there is another. And that other is, of course, Corpy. So, like, everybody is talking about, you know, Elvis and Tarasov splitting time. But when Cor- Corpy gets healthy, people are wondering, like, is he worth anything? Like, what? Like, what happens? Like, assuming Tarasov continues this trend of being a solid, dependable goalie, if he, keep, if he keeps going, he will be. What do we do then, you know? It's a good problem to have. But, I mean, of course. you know, you say there is another, but the other is hurt right now. So he's not even factored into the equation. The, the real problem or the real decisions start to be made once he's healthy and ready to play. And then what sure. do you do? So that's down the road. It, yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know how far down the road, but again, the, the plan was Tarasov was going to be in Cleveland and he's coming off surgery. He would be in Cleveland. He would be getting the bulk of the minutes and he would be getting prepared uh, for to, to come to the NHL and, and be here on a regular basis in whatever role we can argue about that all day. But the mm-hmm. plan got changed when Corpus Allo wasn't ready to go at the start of the year. So, um, the opportunity is there, and Corpus Allo, I know that I know he's getting close. Um, I think uh, there's been some talk about him going to Cleveland on a kind of a rehab assignment and getting okay. some work. Um, but but when he's ready, then again, then there's a there's 
real conversations that have to be had depending upon how the other two are playing because the easy thing to do is put Terrace off back in Cleveland, and maybe that just happens because that's the way it is. But uh, but we'll have to see. So yep. when we'll, the other we'll is when in, we get there, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As my grandfather used to always say to me, cross that bridge when you come to it, right? Sure. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, so funny, goaltending's right on top of the ledger today, Donald. Way to break <laughs> the ice on that. Way yes, to break sir. the ice. Anytime. All right, appreciate it. Uh, once again, if you're live with me on Twitter Spaces and you want to be a speaker, all you have to do is request that, and I will bring you on, and uh, we will chat and see what is on your mind and see uh, you know, what you're thinking here on this Monday, during this Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ and 30. Heather has tried this a couple of weeks, and it hasn't worked for her. So we'll see if it's uh, going to work today. That would be nice if it would. Be nice if uh, Heather can unmute and talk to us about whatever it is that is on her mind, but she's still muted. And you know how it works. The clock rolls, so she unmuted. Hello, Heather. Now she's muted again. Heather, you got to unmute it. Look, tick tock, tick tock. Can you hear me? Now I can, yes. Thank goodness. <laughs> well, we'll see. Go ahead. <laughs> so I, I have been um... – curious because I enjoy I could watch the game but I enjoy listening to you a little bit more I'll be honest um site-wise not so great so listening to you doesn't distract me and then I actually hear what's going on in the game and everything that's going on so I was wondering what you were thinking about when it came to the hit on Nick Blankenberg um if you've heard anything because I know they haven't officially announced anything yet and if that does end up being an issue where he can't play tomorrow night, do you think uh, Boyquist goes in, or do you think they'll do something interesting where they'll bring somebody up and put him in that position instead? No, Boyquist to go back in. Okay. I, I That's a no-brainer, and he's sitting. The only reason that he's had to miss more than one game is because Blankenberg took his job. And, that's true. Uh, so it's – you know, they'd put him back in. They're not going to call anybody up and, and further keep Adam Boquist on the sidelines uh, if Nick can't play. And I didn't hear anything on Nick today. Nick's, uh, it's a day off for the team. But, yeah, he just got hit. It was an odd hit. It, there was nothing wrong with it. There was nothing cheap about it. It was just the way that he uh, he collided at that time. And um, so we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see tomorrow if he's uh, going to be ready to play tomorrow night or not. But if he's not... I'd see no other no other scenario than Adam Boquist coming back in and trying to reclaim his spot. Awesome. And then any um, updates on uh, Line A? Because I keep getting asked that like once every day. <laughs> oh, you do, do you? I do. <laughs> um, he skated the other day. He, skated, he, was, he was with the team on the ice the other day. So, um, look, let, let's, let's just all be honest here. Let's, let's not kid ourselves or – try to kid anybody else this team is getting ready to leave on Sunday and go to his home country and then mm-hmm. play two games in his hometown I mean if there's any way he's going to be able to play he's going to be ready to play now what will be interesting to me will be if he's going to play this week prior to that and again he's got to be close because during the morning skate on Saturday, he was actually out on the ice with the team. So that tells you how close he's getting. Wow. Tomorrow would be, again, in my opinion, I'm, I'm not the coach, but I play one on the radio. Tomorrow would be a great opportunity to get him into a game where he might not get beat around very much against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Friday, you've got the Boston Bruins. You know how that is. They've got, uh, they've got a little bit of muscle there. So if you want to ease him back in, and if he's ready to go, tomorrow would be a great day for it, in my opinion. And then, you know, if I don't, maybe you feel that he's not ready to play three in a row. So maybe you don't even play him on um, Friday, and then maybe you play him in New Jersey on Sunday afternoon, and then you head off to Finland. But I, I will be very anxious, curious, uh, pick whatever word you want to. I'll be I'll be looking forward to see what happens tomorrow when we show up for a morning skate with him. Sounds good. And then speaking of Finland, one more question, if I may. 
Or are you going to be able to do the radio broadcast from there? Because I know that there's a lot of places that are blocked out here when it comes to that, and I want to be able to tell people, you know, you can at least listen to the game if that is going to be true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We'll be, uh, we'll be on as normal, as far as I know. Uh, as long as I take the right adapters to plug everything in, we'll be good. Sounds good. All right. It was great being able to talk to you. I'm glad I figured out the issues. Oh, not as glad as I am, for the record. All right? Thanks, Heather. Thank you. All right. It's very simple. On Twitter Spaces, you want to talk live, you can do it. All you have to do is request to be a speaker, and I will bring you up, and you can ask your questions just like that. All right. I have many other avenues for you to ask your questions. Some have already sent me a tweet, at Bobby Mac Sports. Some have emailed me, Bobby Mac at bluejackets.com, and that's what Greg did. Greg did this a couple of days ago, but uh, he's got some he's got some uh, legitimate questions here, so uh, let's hear from Greg. Hey, Bob, it's Greg in Cleveland. So we've got all kinds of ridiculousness going on with some of these online comments. After the third game of the season, things got to the level of trade Goudreau, and now that we've beat Vancouver, it's cup-bound. So... I just don't understand people. But anyway, the real reason why I'm chiming in this week, we've got two big games, outdoor games coming up. You got the Buckeyes and the Wolverines playing hockey down at the Brown Stadium uh, this winter. And then you've got the Monsters playing Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins at the Brown Stadium in March. So I have to wonder, are there greater forces at work here to try and get a feel to see if there's a worthy enough audience out there to put the Blue Jackets in an outdoor game. Uh, maybe not a winter classic, but you got the stadium series. So I have to wonder, is there something else going on here? Have you heard anything? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Thank you. Well, Greg, a couple of things. First of all, you said ridiculousness in online. That Do I even need to say anything to that? I mean, I, you will find the most ridiculous things on the planet, online and in social media. I think that's fair. I know it's fair. I look at it. I read it. It is ridiculous. Anyway, everyone calms down when you win. As they say, winning cures all. And that's why the Blue Jackets and you all feel better today than you did yesterday at this time. We all feel better today than we did yesterday at this time, without question. Um, all right. You are reading too much into the outdoor games. Uh, you just are. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's not an NHL-sanctioned thing. Uh, if they were testing the waters, the frozen waters, if you will, if you will, uh, if they were if they were test marketing it, Cleveland wouldn't be the test market anyway. I mean, the game the game has got to be in Columbus. The game's got to be in Columbus, and it's got to be. At the shoe. Somehow it just has to be worked out. If you're going to do it for the Blue Jackets as a home game, as a home game, if you're going to do it for the Blue Jackets, that's just the way it's got to be. I know the winterizing the stadium and this and that, whatever it is. I, I don't I don't care about any of that. I'm just I'm just saying this is not what's going on there is not a test. This is they're doing this thing and and they have every right to do it. And they can, you know, it's great for the Cleveland Monsters. They get outside. And get to play there, and you know the Buckeyes get a chance to go up there and play. That's that's great, but I don't. It's not connected to me. It's not connected. But anyway, um, beyond that, what was I going to say? Oh, you were talking about any uh, any outdoor games. I'm going to tell you what was announced to us at the NHL broadcast meetings once or just before the season started. And I think the number was there are four teams that have not played in an outdoor game. And within the next five years, everyone will have played in an outdoor game. Okay? That was that was from the league. And that was from the guy that puts together all of these outdoor games. Within the next five years, everybody will have played in one. But again, I caution you and I warn you, and those are the same thing, but that's why I want to emphasize to listen to me right now that doesn't mean it's a home game. That could mean you go somewhere else and play outdoors. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a home game. So I can I can promise you based on 
that that the Blue Jackets will play outside. But also, based on that, I cannot promise you it will be a home game. Okay? So that's all I got for you on that. Here's an email I got from Corey in Plain City. Corey says, and this is a theme today. This is a theme. We already touched on it. But goaltending is a theme. Uh, Pleased with the performance by Tarasov and the team against the Rangers after the complete implosion against the Penguins. I'm not going to pretend I know enough about goaltending to dissect his game, but I do know that for whatever reason, Elvis's play rarely stands out, and I can't remember the last time he made a 10-bell save. Uh, can I just stop right there? No, I, I have to read the next sentence. Actually, I've, I've got to read all of it now that I look at it. Okay. It just doesn't seem like Elvis elevates this team or can ever make a big save to keep momentum from swinging. I don't get why his lease seems so long other than his contract. Do you think there's any universe where Elvis would spend time in Cleveland when Corposalo comes back? Let me answer that. No. No. I, that universe does not exist. That I can tell you. But to also say that just because you can't remember the last time he made a quote-unquote 10-bell save, just because you don't remember the last time where he made a big save to keep momentum from swinging, that is so, that, that's totally unfair to put all of that stuff in the same discussion because he has done those things. He actually has done those things repeatedly over his tenure here. You don't remember it because it hasn't been this year. I will tell you this. In the Nashville game and in the Vancouver game, he made a number of saves late in the game to lead the team to the win. Maybe they weren't your 10 bells. Maybe they weren't the extra super flashy ones. But they were good quality saves. So he struggled in the Pittsburgh game. We've already covered that. He struggled. It was not good. And the guy that played yesterday really shone the light on how good it was not on Saturday night. That's just the way it is. You can do that with forwards, too. You know, one guy stinks on Saturday, and maybe he comes out of the lineup, and the guy that goes into the lineup for him all of a sudden plays great. Let's do it this way. Justin Danforth got hurt on Saturday. He didn't stink. He didn't stink by any means. I'm just making a, a comparison and a point here. He didn't stink. He was good, but he got hurt, and then Liam Foody has to come in yesterday. And Liam Foody winds up with a pair of assists in his very first game of the year. So, you know, that it, you look at Liam Foody today, and you go, whoa, how come he hasn't been playing? Okay, He had a good game. Okay, good. Tarasov had a good game. Elvis did not have a good game, and they're comparable back-to-back. I get it. But, you know, it, it's it's just it's not fair – to lump all of that in. Don't it's it's almost like you're going, well, you know, this guy, he can't do anything, and now let's bring in the new guy. As I said, backup quarterback, backup goaltender. Everyone loves him. And then they become the starter. And then do you love him as much? Some days. Some days you don't. Lauren says, I listened to the game against Pittsburgh, but I missed the one last night. I know there were a few lineup changes, but what do you think was the biggest change in how the team played from one day to the next to get such drastic results? Defense. Defense and goaltending. But the defense led to the goaltending. That's another fair point that I've got to make here. You know, the team played much differently in the game against the Rangers. You know, I said that it looked like Elvis was trying to do too much in the game against Pittsburgh and that, you know, he came unglued a little bit. But I guess it's not fair for me, as I'm just lecturing Corey here, it's not fair for me to say that just about him because he wasn't the only guy that started to try to do too much in that game. But yesterday was honestly, it was a team effort. It was. They they were, they kept, the Rangers, for the most part, to the outside. Um, there were prime scoring chances. Don't get me wrong. There were a couple of two-on-ones. But for the most part, they controlled where the Rangers were going to shoot from. And they blocked shots, and, and they got their sticks in the passing lanes and shooting lanes, and they did a really good job with all of that. So um, that's the biggest thing. The, the overall 
entire team concept was better. And I'll tell you something else. I think part of it was because they were tired. It was back-to-back. You're in Madison Square Garden. That gets your attention anyway. But you know you're playing against a good team that is rested, and you have got to be focused. And and I think it was just a good day to kind of just step back and say, you know what? I'm too tired to go running around everywhere. I've just got to maintain my assignment. This is my area right here. This is where I need to be. This is where it's going on. And I don't have the energy to be doing what I did last night. I, that that could have been a factor as well. Very well could have been. But anyway, it, it was the overall the overall team defense. It was terrific. It really was. Let's uh, bring Zach in on this live edition of the Monday Mailbag of CBJ and 30. Hello, Zach. Hey, Bob. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, so I know it's early in the season, uh, but when the team is winning, uh, we look really good. And when the team is losing, the team doesn't look so good. Um, how do we find that consistency uh, to become a playoff team? Is it a line chemistry issue? Is it an age issue? Uh, what do we need to figure out? Well, it's it's all of that. Um, it's a line chemistry issue because you don't have Patrick Line in your lineup right now, and he's one of the best players in the game. I mean, how much of this – this team still hasn't scored a power play goal. And – how much of that is because Patrick Line is not on the roster? I, you know, a lot, quite frankly. Um, so, I think they found some lines that are working right now, and I think that that really rung true yesterday when Danforth couldn't play and Liam Foodie just simply went right into his spot in the lineup. And I asked uh, Brad Larson before the game. I said, uh, "Are you are you just going to plop him in that spot?" He goes, "Yeah, everybody else is playing well." I'm. I'm going to put him in there and see how it works. And it worked great. He had two assists in the game. I really like the Roslevic Johnson and Voracek line right now. And it's just not because uh, Kent Johnson got a couple of goals in the last few games. You can see those guys are trying to – not trying to. They are working very well together. And uh, Jack was walking around yesterday before the game, and and I said to uh, Jack Roslevic, I said, hey, how do you like your line? And he goes, I, I like playing with those guys. I said, are you starting to figure things out, especially with uh, Kent Johnson and, you know, what he might do with the puck since there are so many different things that he can do with the puck? And he said to me, he goes, you know what? I think sometimes when you're that talented, even you don't know what you're going to do with the puck until you do it. And I thought that was a really good observation by Jack Roslovic. And, and, and it says a lot because he has to look at the situation and be ready for anything. And, and I think that that's working. I think that's fitting. Gus Nyquist is fit with Johnny Gaudreau and Boone Jenner. You know, they're finding a way to get things done. I know Johnny didn't have a point yesterday, but what was it, a five-game point streak that was snapped, and he had seven points in those five games? So, you know, that's been working all right. So there are two lines for you. Sillinger's line, you know, Cole is still, you know, he doesn't have a goal. He, the one that he got this year, they took it off the board with a replay. But, you know, he's... Uh, still very young and and he's trying to figure out how to get going this year and he will I don't think there's any question about that and the fourth line has got great identity so the only line chemistry that you're missing is not having a Patrick Line in your lineup and when it comes to youth now this this team is a little bit older than the ones of the past but not by much and most of the reason they move up and they're not as young is because you bring in Erica Branson, who's a, an older veteran, and it skews the overall look. But, but look, it, as you started off, Zach, when you said it, the team looks really good when they win. They look really bad when they lose. That's pretty much sports every day, early season, mid-season, late season, right? Um, when you lose, you, you normally don't look that good or something or part of your game doesn't look that good. So – it's uh, they just need to figure things out. They need they're not the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're not the team that when things start to go bad, that they can just maintain that same sense of calmness. They're just not like that yet. And you know some guys are. There are some guys that have been around long. Gus is like that. Boone is like that. I'm sure Jake is like that. But you know even a Jack Roslovic, you see at times where. You know, he's trying to turn it up and do more 
that he can do. I just mentioned Cole Sillinger. You know he's trying. He's really pushing because he wants to get himself going. Um, you know, and on defense, they're you talk about line chemistry. That's that's been the bigger thing on defense. You know, just trying to figure it out, and it's uh, it's starting to come that way. I think that uh, well, Gavrikov and Peak. That's that's an easy to me. That's a no brainer. Those guys can play together all the time. I think the Bean Good Branson pairing is starting to they're starting to figure it out a little bit, and um, you know, just figure out what they have to do. For one another. Speaking of that, Brian has sent me this question on Twitter. It looks like Jake Bean is more confident this season. Is there a chance that he moves up in the lineup and he gets more ice time? Well, I don't know about that, Brian, because if you look at where he's playing, he's playing on the left side, and to move up, the guys that are in front of you are Vladislav Gavrikov and Zach Wierenski. So the uh, you, know, you could go to the other side. I get it. But uh, if they want to keep him on that side, he's probably – exactly where he is going to be. And, look, the guy went out. He worked out hard all summer. He put on more weight. He uh, wanted to be able to battle more consistently than he has in the past. So kudos to him. He's done a good job with it. And, uh, you know, I think now he's starting to gain some confidence and see some results. I think that goal for him the other night was big. You know, not that he's going to be your big goal-scoring guy. I, I don't think... I don't think he's ever going to score as many in a year as Zach does or Adam Boquist does. But when you're working hard and then you get a little bit of a reward for it, I think that's a good thing. And um, you, you can see him, you can see him improving. I, I even think over the seven games. I mean, in the preseason and even in the first couple, he was not playing the way he's playing now. He's playing much better now than he was then. Parsons says, what do you think about our goaltending so far? It looks like uh, they have struggled in that spot lately, but Tarasov was a breath of fresh air yesterday. Would love to hear your thoughts. Well, if you've been listening, you've I've, you've heard most of my thoughts on this. He was a breath of fresh air. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's the most important position on the ice. Say what you will. It is. And you need more than one guy. So if they can just... Uh, Keep doing what they're doing, then you're going to be better for it. Without question, you're going to be much better for it. You want to win a lot of games, you got to have good goaltending. Good defense, good goaltending, and then you got to score goals. Again, scoring goals is not what I see being a problem for this team whatsoever. Back to Twitter spaces. Irwin, welcome to today's Monday Mailbag. Yeah. Hi, Bob. How you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, not bad. You know, it, it's amazing how short the memories of some of our fans are. It was just a couple of years ago, I watched Jonas Corposalo put in a performance that earned him a spot on the All-Star team, and he got hurt, and he couldn't play in the game, and Elvis took his spot, and Elvis had struggled to that point. We didn't know what we were going to get. He goes out, wins his first game on New Year's Eve. Over the course of the next month or six weeks, he posts five shutouts. All of a sudden, we have a goalie controversy. We have the pause. Then we have that play-in series with Toronto. Jonas Corpusalo shut them out twice, games one and five. He was fantastic in that series. But the guys have battled some injuries, have been some issues, and all of a sudden everybody thinks you sweep them aside. I don't think they've been the problem. I think the defense in front of them has not been very good. I can't sit there. I mean, I like the way that Tarasov played yesterday, but that's a one-game small sample size. I don't know how he would look over the course of a long season. That still has yet to be determined. So I think there's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction here. When I watched that game Saturday night, yeah, those first two goals, I really think all this should have had them. But then the team just came unraveled. They looked like blind men in a dark room looking for a black sock that wasn't there. They couldn't bring the puck up the ice. They couldn't do anything right. And on the third and fourth goals, the one Ruta had and then the one Crosby had, there was nobody home on the right side. It was crazy. There should have been somebody there. Now, in both cases, the two defensemen on the ice were Gavrikov and Goodbranson. I'm thinking that Goodbranson was supposed to be there, but Gavrikov was there on Ruta's goal. And when that puck got batted in the air, he moved out of position to try and get it out of that scramble. And it somehow got deflected to where Ruta was. And the next thing you knew, it was in the net. So uh, the defense just has to improve. Another thing that I think is take a look at the Pittsburgh point. 
Penguins. I mean, I, I can't stand them, but the truth is this is what a championship caliber team looks like. And this is what a championship caliber team does. They're very strong down the middle. And I've never seen a team win the Stanley cup who was not. And the East right now is where all the power is in the NHL to this point. If you include last night's games, East Eastern conference versus Western conference this early in the season, the East has a 27, six and four edge. That's overwhelming. So we need to understand we are in the very best conference. If we're going to compete for a playoff spot and compete for the Stanley cup, our game definitely has to be raised. It has to be better. And the solution isn't just to sit there and say, well, we're going to sit and wait for uh, Boston and Washington and Pittsburgh to age out because right now, Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit, they're all getting better. So it's, it's going to be a dogfight no matter how good we think we are or how good we think we can get. Well, yeah, you're right on all your points. And, you know, um, as you mentioned, there were blown defensive coverages in that Pittsburgh game. Um, but I, I will tell you this, uh, and, you know, you're – you're right. It wasn't all Elvis, but sometimes, and I and I found this to be um, I found this to be interesting because after the game on Saturday night, Brad Larson was asked about goaltending. He said, "I don't want to talk about goaltending. I don't want to talk about it at all." And then yesterday, he had a lot to say about goaltending. And one of the things that he said yesterday was about Tarasov being so calm and that the attitude of the goaltender can calm the entire team. So just to play off that point for a second, in that Pittsburgh game, if your goaltender has gotten out of sorts, it does help everybody get out of sorts. And, you know, it's somebody's got to calm it down. And nobody did. And when you talk about the Penguins being championship caliber, that's part of the reason that they are. And you're right. Down the middle, they're as, as good as you can get with Crosby, Malkin, and Carter as the first three centers. At the fourth-line center, who cares? doesn't even matter because those three guys are going to burn up the bulk of the time. But what they really do and what Crosby is the best at, and you can cringe all you want to and you can hate it, but it's, it's a fact. One thing he is really good at is staying even-keeled through everything no matter how good or how bad. It's the same guy, plays the same way. And when that is your captain and that's your leader and that's the tone that is set, everybody's got to be there. And, and everybody is there on that team. And they've also gone deep into the playoffs and they've also won Stanley Cups. They have a lot of experience. Even guys that they went and they brought in. Jan Ruda, he, he's won Stanley Cups. You know, they they just know how to win. You've got to learn how to win. But you, you've got to have that. That, that calmness. Somebody's got to have that calmness about them. And it's really easy to focus it on the goaltender. You know, this is why everybody's talking about Elvis today, in my opinion, quite frankly, because when the goaltender doesn't have the calmness, it is extremely noticeable. It's noticeable to you and me and everybody on the ice and everybody on the bench. And then you just get that feeling like, oh, man, we're in trouble now. We Like, you got to it, – and it's not fair. I don't think it's fair. It's it's really tough. I, there are so many things that are piled upon you as a goaltender that it's not fair about. I get it. You know, I, I used to say all the time when I used to sit and watch my son play, and even if I wasn't there and I heard about it, and, you know, every parent is sitting there going, oh, you let that one in. You know how many times I wanted to say, yeah, well, if your kid playing left wing would have done his job and slowed that guy down, or if your kid, the defenseman, wouldn't have moved out of the way and went and took the wrong guy and left him, uh, left that guy to come in one-on-one, -on -one, maybe we wouldn't have these problems, okay? So I understand it. I understand that there's, there's a lot piled on you as a goaltender. But one thing that you have to project is control and calmness as a goaltender and we've seen Elvis do it before. I, I'll give him credit. Let, let's go to the Vancouver game. He gave up a couple of goals that were like just – they're not his fault, and they're crap luck, and he just settled in, and he kept doing his job, and he got wins. And then you get in that other game, and, and it just really stood out. So, uh, Irwin, you're right on all your points. I mean, this uh, the East is tough. The division is tough. There, there are other teams coming. And the Blue Jackets, no, they cannot sit and wait. I don't think that they are sitting and waiting either. I think that, you know, they, they made these what I think are very good draft picks. We're going to see as time goes.
goes on here with the defenseman that they have drafted recently. Um, you know, so they're making the moves to be in the right place at the right time and bring it all together. And we'll just have to see how it all plays out. But thank you. I, I appreciate all of that today. Uh, back to Twitter. I'm going to answer this one. Then I know a lot of you have commented within the uh, Twitter spaces here, so I'll get to those. But here's uh, a question from Siebes. He says, Kirill Marchenko has been doing great in the American Hockey League this season. When do you expect to see him up with the Blue Jackets, and who would you replace? Well, the second question is the first question. Who would you replace? Nobody. I wouldn't replace anybody right now. Um, you know, Liam Foody comes in yesterday, gets a chance to play in his first game under the bright lights of Broadway, Madison Square Garden, and picks up a pair of assists. So, you know, it, it's going to be tough for Kirill. And, yeah, he's off to a great start, and, and that's excellent. That's exactly what he's there for is to get that experience and, and um, learn to play North American-style hockey in the smaller ranks and yada, yada, yada. So that's good. Uh, do I expect that we'll see him at some point? I do. When will that be? I don't know. I don't, you know, it doesn't have to be after five games, six games, seven games. Liney's going to come back into the lineup. Um, so there goes the spot. Somebody's already going to get bumped for Patrick when he comes back in. So we'll have to see. But, you know, as of right now, I'd, right now somebody's going to get hosed when Liney comes back. And, um, and when I say get hosed, I mean, has anybody played their way out of the lineup? I don't think so. Forward-wise, I don't think so. So with him coming back, somebody's going to have to go regardless of what the uh, of what the situation is. I mean, you can only play 12 forwards. So somebody's going to get knocked out of place. All right, let's see. Cameron Patrick. With the way the Blue Jackets have started this season, what do you feel is a realistic finish to the season? Playoffs or not? Well, Cameron, that's tough because they started 0-3. Then they got it to 2-3. and Then they got really blown out of their own building to drop to 2-4. and Then they get a big win on the road, and they're 3-4. and So that's 500 or below right now based on the way they start the season. That's the way your question's worded, based on the way they've started the season. Look, this team can be a playoff team. It can be. The hurdles are going to be high, but it can be, and that's what they expect to be. Um, they're just going to have to, you know, they're look, it's early in the season here, and there are, I, there are usually more ups and downs early in the season while every team is trying to get themselves figured out. So this is not a surprise. It stunk to lose the first three, but again, we talked about this last week. When you looked at the schedule, the realist in you should have said, this might not be the best schedule to start with the first three games. You may have said that to yourself. And if you did, boy, were you smart. So anyway, they can be a playoff team. It's There's so many factors that are going to go into it. And, and Cameron, not to, I'm not trying to dodge the question, but seven games into it and being a three and four, uh, don't know yet. We haven't even really learned what they're all about. How can you learn what they're all about without Patrick Line? You can't. When he comes back, that's going to tell you a lot more. And this whole goaltending thing, this is it's going to tell a lot more as well as we go along. Tyler Raiderer says, in your opinion, what is the main difference between the Penguins game and the Rangers game that is causing such a drastic difference in performance? And how do the Blue Jackets find consistency with the type of performance they had in New York? They... How do they find that? They've just got to go into tomorrow's game and say, hey, boys, remember what we did two days ago? That's what we need to do. Just let's just do it like that. And, oh, by the way, the opponent is Arizona. And it's not that anybody can't win on any given day. I mean, you know, you're not playing Arkansas State here, okay? You know what I'm saying? There's no cupcakes, but this is as close to a cupcake as you get in the NHL schedule. So just go out and do your job. And then if you put together back-to-back wins, now you got Boston coming in. And Boston is a – look, they're they're not what they once were. They're not terrible, but they're not what they once were. It's another winnable game at home before you have to go on the road. Not only go on the road, but go overseas. This is an important week, by the way. If I were the Blue Jackets, I would really be stressing going 3-0 and in these next three games because you've got to go to Finland. You've got to play against the defending Stanley Cup champs back-to-back. And then you come back, 
and then your sleep schedule and your body clock is going to be a mess for the next two-plus weeks. So I know it's a one-game-at-a-time thing. I get it. I understand. I remember how many times Torch told me in that interview or during interviews. Remember that? Every time. You know, going to do it one game at a time, Bobby. One game at a time, Bobby. I know, I know, Torch. Come on, but. I know that, but you're playing a team tomorrow you should beat, and then let's can we can we just glance ahead to the next one? No, we can't. Okay. That's how it was, and that's how it is. You can only win them one at a time. I get it, but, 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 big picture, this would be a great week to win three in a row. And then you go to Finland, and, you know, I know they beat the Avalanche both times last year, and those were back-to-back games, not back-to-back days. So I think it was a day in between them, but I know I remember. I remember quite well. So it can happen, but leading up to that trip, I would really, really, really like to see them going on a roll here. That would be, again, not only uh, preferable, but almost uh, needed. Not only preferable, but almost needed. Can I put that on a T-shirt? I believe I can. I believe I can. Um, let me see here. What else do I have here that that I can bring to you on this fine day? Here, I'll tell you what I can bring to you. I can do this. I can bring someone else to you. How will that be? How about Figments Mickey O2? What a Twitter handle that is. <coughs> Thanks, Bob. How you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right, doing all right, despite the, um, well, kind of cold and gloomy here in upstate New York. Um, uh, uh, by the way, that's like every day in upstate New York. You know that, right? Yes. You, li- is, you, yeah, you live is. there. I lived there for 10 years. I would say cold and gloomy was about 98.8% <laughs> of my tenure there. That That is true. No, 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 we didn't have very... Very nice weather on Saturday. It was gorgeous here on Saturday. See, that's the thing. That's um, that's the thing about question, that area of the country, though. Cool? Hold on. That, that's the thing about that area of the country, though. When you get those nice days, those are days that you never forget. Those are the days that you just oh. grab hold of and you hope they never end, right? <laughs> that's true. That that is very true, Bob. With winter coming, I'm like that's right. Um, and then they do like end, the- and then it snows every single yeah, day and- for months. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we're not that bad here. We're not. We're not anywhere near a lake where I am in Albany, but we're close enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my question is about Cole Sillinger. How do you feel like he's playing? He seems to be very, from what I've seen of the game, he's like kind of like in the background. You see him for flashes, and then he kind of disappears. How do you feel like he's playing so far this year? Yeah, I, I think you just nailed it. I, I think he's playing okay, but I think there's much more there. I talked to him about it the other day. You know, I asked him what he thought about his game, and he said the same thing. He said, look, I know I'm not playing nearly to the level that I could play at. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny because you get a guy like that. Remember last year he comes in here and he takes a league by storm, and they, at 18 years old they they can't send him out because he's so good. And then you get into the second year, and we always hear that uh, sophomore jinx and – you know, mm-hmm. nobody wants to talk about it. Or you say, well, I can't see this guy having a sophomore jinx. And then he gets off to a start like this. And then <coughs> first thing you think about is sophomore jinx. But um, I I think he's going to be fine. I think he's, you know, he's also a guy that's been with some different wingers here. And, and maybe, he, maybe he needs to get some more chemistry. Although, you know, again, he was out there yesterday with uh, Chinikov and, and, uh, and Foodie. And Chinikov scored a goal. And Foodie had a couple of assists. So, you know. His name doesn't factor into that specifically, but, you know, he's he's fine. And we just expect so much. And, and this is the thing he has to watch. He has to be careful not to look at his stats from last year and say, hey, I got 16 goals. I have to have 20 this year. Right. Um, he, he just can't. And I'm not saying he's putting pressure on himself, but at 19, I can see it, right? Hey, I've got right. to pick up right where I left off last year. It doesn't work that way in this league all the time. So I think he's fine, but I, I I really like how you described it. He's kind of been in the background and not in the forefront. I think he'll come to the forefront, but to this point, you're absolutely right. He's he's not quite himself. Just to piggyback on that, do you think that injury he had in camp is, is hindering him at all? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I know he missed the early part of camp, but I it's uh, 
No, I, I, I just don't. I, it's been so much time has passed since when he got it and where he is right now. I don't, I don't think that's part of it. I think he's just trying to figure it out. And oh, by the way, uh, here's another factor. Everybody in this league knows exactly what he did last year. Last year he came in and nobody really knew a darn thing about him, and now they know all about him. So they're going to be able to def- to uh, defend him differently and better than they did last year, which makes his job harder. And that's the way it works year in and year out. Yeah, it's kind of like a baseball player, like like the pitchers and the batters. They have to adjust to each other once they figure out what what they what the, what the person's capable of. Yeah, yeah. The first year you come in, you can blow fastballs all you want to, or and and then when they know how you're going to pitch them, then they uh, they make adjustments. Or the hitter can just sit out there and swing away at everything. And then once they figure out what he's not good at hitting, they're going to change it. Same thing, absolutely, no doubt. Okay, um, just one more question. Uh, Gus Nyquist, I feel like he's been really solid this year so far. Your thoughts on him? I think Gus, Gus has been solid through his career. That's what he is, and that's why that's why he's here, and that's why they love him here, and that's why he's playing on the top line. Um, remember, this guy started – you want to talk about Cole. Nyquist started the year on the third line, which is where Cole is right now. You think he wouldn't yep. benefit from having a Gus Nyquist? Of course he would. Um and he's, he's on the first line now because he just shut his mouth, didn't say anything. He just went, and he did his work. And then when line A went out, he didn't even get the first crack at the first line. Didn't say a word again. Went out and played, and now he's up there and doing what he does. And that's the thing about Gus. You always know what you're going to get out of Gus Nyquist. He is one of the most reliable players, not just on this team, but I think in the league. And he's, a, he's an extremely valuable guy. Because he brings that. There's a lot of people you can say, well, I'm not sure what I'm going to get. That's not with Gus Nyquist. You know exactly what you're going to get every day, and that's why he's playing in the spot that he's playing right now. All right. Thank you so much, Bob. You have yourself a great time, and enjoy Finland. Thank you very much. I hear it's much like upstate New York. It's going to be cold, and it's going to be dark, and it's going to be gloomy. I know I'm going to go all the stuff I had when I was in Syracuse. I don't know if it still fits, but if it does, I'm just going to pack it and take it because <laughs> I'll need it. All right. Have fun. Take Thank, care. All right. Thanks for being on today. Really appreciate it. If you want to get on this uh, live Monday mailbag edition of CBJ and 30, all you have to do is request to be a speaker on Twitter spaces and I will bring you in. Dave on Twitter says to me, uh, the Blue Jackets came into the season with a similar leadership core as last year, but are there any players outside of the lettered group that you think have really stepped up, been vocal, or have been impressed by so far in the locker room? First of all, let me just say, because of how you worded this, are there any non-lettered players? Don't have a C, don't have an A. Jake Voracek doesn't have either. Doesn't mean he's not vocal. He's very vocal. He's going to talk all the time. He's going to tell you what he thinks. He's going to tell you what you need to do. He's going to tell you how to become a better player. So he's always vocal. Um, I don't know. Like, Erica Branson is a guy to me that I would imagine is coming in like the great veterans do. They come in. They have a wealth of experience being with other teams. They've seen a million things along the way, and they shut their mouth, and they watch how the room is handled, and they watch how everyone interacts with everyone else, and then they find their place within all of that. And when it's time for them to step up and say something or time for them to step up and do something, that's when they do it. I don't know that for sure, but that would be my guess with a guy like that because he's been around so long, and he has such a wealth of experience with different organizations, and he has pretty much seen it all. So I don't know how vocal he is, but that's a guy that I would think, if it hasn't already happened throughout the course of this season, is going to have some effect on what is uh, what is happening in that dressing room. Uh, what else do we have here? Do I have anything else that, that I need to go over? Oh, here's one. Red Ferguson. When I read something from Red Ferguson, I feel like I should just read it like this. Hi, it's Red Ferguson. Sorry, Red. Not making fun. It's just what I think of. I, You know how I am. Something comes into my brain, it comes out of my mouth. Sometimes that gets me in a lot of trouble. I hope it hasn't with you. Red says, have you seen Johnny Gaudreau's undershirt? 
Is he still wearing that for comfort or superstition? Hard-hitting question, I know. Yeah, I saw that undershirt, and I saw it probably the same place that you saw it. I saw it on Instagram. And it has nothing but uh, holes all through it. I saw that. So listen, I haven't asked Johnny, but I've been around for a long time. And I can tell you something you already know. You wouldn't be wearing that for comfort. Not a chance. Unless comfort to you is to have multiple holes in your shirt to where, you know, I don't know. Air comes through all those holes. He's not wearing it for comfort. There's got to be some kind of a superstition thing. That's the only thing that explains it. I mean, when do you ever get up and say, you know what? Where is that shirt that has all the holes in it that looks like the moths have eaten it? Where's that one? That's what I want to wear. Now, the good news for Johnny is he puts stuff over top of that shirt. You never see that shirt while he's playing. It's just his uniform jersey and the shoulder pads, and the shirt is underneath all of that. So you never see the shirt, which is good because could you could you imagine playing in that shirt? Hey, can you? Hey, this uniform doesn't have enough holes in it. Can we poke some holes in this jersey? I'd appreciate that. It would make me feel more comfortable. <laughs> this I would have much more comfort if I had more holes in this jersey. Oh my goodness! Thank you, Red. <laughs> Thank you. I uh, really appreciate that. Uh, Paul just said, uh, I don't know if it's been discussed, but are we worried about Cole Sillinger? I uh, just got done with that, Paul. So if you missed my answer, you can go back and listen to the replay and and you'll get it because we just broke it down, broke it down big time. Uh, who else asked me something? Zach said, have you ever been to Finland? And besides the hockey, what are you looking forward to the most on this trip? No, I've never been to Finland. And besides the hockey, what am I looking forward to? I don't know. I, this is weird. I have had many a discussion about this this week with many different people, some that are going on the trip, some that are not going on the trip. I remember 12 years ago when we went to uh, Stockholm to play the Sharks in Sweden, and I remember being so jacked up for that. You know, I, I was new to the NHL, and I was getting a chance to go to Europe, and I'd never been to Europe, and I was a little bit nervous about it, but I was nervous, excited about it. And we went, we had a great time. And I had zero plans. When we went there, I didn't think about uh, mapping out what was around the hotel or what was in the town or what I should do or what I should see. I did nothing, absolutely nothing in the way of planning. And we got there, and I remember being on the bus and going to the hotel, and I was like, oh, my goodness, look at the architecture of these buildings. Yes, I did say that. Can you believe it? I said that to myself. Look at the architecture of these buildings. They've done a great job over here. Um <laughs> But, but I remember, uh, you know, just starting to walk around, and um, I was working with George Matthews at the time, and, you know, George was uh, the ultimate wall flyer, couch potato, whatever you want to say. George didn't go out very much and do many fun things when we were just traveling on the road. And, uh, and we went out. Neither one of us had anything to do or had any plans. And we went out one day, and we got on one of those uh, double-decker sightseeing buses and we had a blast. And we went to a, a museum uh, with a ship. It was a, I, I forget what the ship was, but this, this old reconstructive uh, wooden ship that they had in this museum. And we spent all that time in there. And um, what I'm saying is I had zero plans and I had a great time. I figured it out. Now, on this trip, and maybe it's because I'm older and maybe I feel like I'm supposed to have all these plans and I don't, I just, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I have no idea. I haven't looked at anything. I guess maybe subconsciously I've just been treating it like the last trip, right? Maybe I just was like, uh, it'll work. But um, so there's nothing specific outside of the games and the, it's not just the games, by the way. It, it's, the, it's the whole atmosphere of it. Like we're going to be in Helsinki for three days before we go up to where the games are going to be played. And there's a practice on Thursday night. It's a late afternoon, like a 4.30 practice in the afternoon. And it's open to the public. You know, the NHL, 
they're taking the game. They're not just taking these teams over there just to say, hey, let's play somewhere else. Let's go seven hours out of our way to play somewhere else. It's not what it's about. It's about growing the game. So, like that practice, I remember the practice that we did, the morning skate we did a couple of years ago when we went up to Clinton, New York for the Craft uh, Hockeyville game and how that was open. They brought the school kids in there. It was the greatest morning skate. It really was. Well, not not the greatest overall, I guess. Remember that practice after sweeping Tampa and then waiting for Boston? We had that practice in the rink one day where thousands of people showed up at the practice. That that was that was the greatest. But I digress. Um, that morning skate in Clinton, New York, where these people were getting to see something they're normally not privy to, that was really cool. And obviously it has stuck with me. And that's what I'm expecting in Finland. Yeah. I mean, I know there's I know it's a little bit different because there's there's not ever any NHL players really going to Clinton, New York, and in Finland there's a lot of NHL players that hail from that area, but um but I just think it's going to be different and I think it's going to be special. And those are the things that I'm looking forward to. As far as what am I going to do with myself? You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Totally figure it out. I don't know. There are some that are talking about there. there's a cruise. You, you can go to Estonia. It's like a two-hour ferry ride. And a lot of people have talked about that. A lot of people say it's it's really great. I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it's like I don't know about going to one country and then leaving and going to another country. <laughs> I I don't know, you know, it's a strange world these days. There's a lot of stuff going on, and I don't know if I just want to get into that one country where I'm supposed to be and just keep myself there or if it's okay to do something else. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm going to figure it out as it goes on. We'll figure it out when we get there. Um, Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, Gear Brothers says, uh, I'm late to the party. Oh. You know what? I bet you I have. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This is what I, when I get a, uh, when I get a uh, tweet like this, I usually try to check my email to see if I have any injury update stuff, and I don't think so. I don't think so. What does this, uh, this one says, I'm late to the party, out indefinitely. What, did he break a collarbone or something? Oh, talking about Justin Danforth. Uh, and then says, will Emil, Bem, uh, will Emil Bemstrom come up from Cleveland? First of all, I don't know what is, I don't know what happened to Justin Danforth. I know he left that game the other night. I haven't seen him. He didn't go to New York, as I told you earlier. Uh, today's the day off. I haven't been at the rink. I do not know. But... Um, I don't think anybody will come up, quite honestly, because, as I said earlier here, Lion A has been skating. I expect Patrick is going to be ready to go on this trip to Finland. I guess it's not out of the question somebody could come up. If uh, Patrick's not ready to play or be a scratch and be able to play this week, um, then maybe somebody comes up. But if he's ready to get back into the lineup, then... There you would have your extra guy anyway. Foodie would go back to being an extra guy, and uh, Patrick Line would go into the lineup. Again, th- these are not these are not questions that can be answered until we get to the rink and there's a an actual skate and all that stuff. So that is where I am on that. But yeah, every time I every time I get something uh, like that, I I always think um, I haven't uh, checked my email. I've done that before. Where I've gotten done with a show. And then I look at my email, and there will be like a, uh, you know, an email from the PR department saying something, and I'm like, oh, I guess I should have checked that during the show. That would have been helpful if I would have looked at that during the show, but I didn't. So anyway, thought I would check. But I hope that answers your question. Uh, Ellie says, not a question, but I will be in Finland. I hope to see you there. I know that there are a bunch of you going over. And... um, but I think you guys already have an itinerary, so you know what you're going to do. You know the fun that you're going to have. So uh, I hope that I will see all of you there as well. I think uh, I think that would happen. I think it will happen, I should say. Uh, 
in some way, shape, or form. It also brings up this, and this is going to be interesting. Next week's Monday mailbag, how am I going to do that? Well, my plan is to do it, I think there's, I think there's uh, six hours difference. And if that would be the case, 7 o'clock for me would be 1 o'clock in the afternoon for you. Anyway, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do it live again next week, uh, barring any technical difficulties, because I think we get into Finland early Monday morning. We're leaving right after, the, not right after, but we're leaving on Sunday night from Newark. We're flying straight over there. And I think we get in there about 1030 in the morning, Helsinki time. And um, then I'll work on it and try to figure out what I'm dealing with so that we could do it uh, could do it live. What would really be fun is if some of you are going to be there and if we could get together and you could ask your questions live and we could do it like that. That would be really cool. So I don't know. You can uh, you can send me a send me a tweet or something and uh, let me know where you're going to be or what your group itinerary is and and maybe we can work that out. We can do something with that. I still find it funny that we're going to Helsinki because to me, you know, little Western Pennsylvania boy growing up, uh, the every time I hear Helsinki, all I think about is reading about it in James Bond novels. <laughs> like it was some fictional place. And now we're going there. So uh, I, I don't know if that makes me look uh, weird or childish or anything, but uh, I, I just, that when I hear Helsinki, that's, that's what I think of, reading about it in James Bond novels. But I'm going to be there, and I don't plan on having that kind of an action adventure. So we'll see what happens. Blue Jackets are going to be on the ice tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. They'll take on the Arizona Coyotes at Nationwide Arena and they'll look to string together back-to-back wins once again. On Friday night at 7 o'clock, the Boston Bruins will be in town. So it's going to be another great week of hockey at Nationwide Arena. Friday, by the way, if you didn't hear about this, Friday is going to be uh, Hockey Halloween. And uh, the first, I've got to get this right. i got to get the number right. I know that it's 13 and under. I know that it's kids 13 and under, but it is how many of the kids 13 and under? I'm going to get it for you. I know I have it. It's at my fingertips. It's like everything. It's available if you want to go to the trouble of looking it up, and that's exactly what I'm doing. It is going to be the first 3,000 kids 13 and under on Friday night will receive an exclusive, exclusive Blue Jackets trick or treat pillowcase and then there'll be trick-or-treating in the arena you'll be able to go around to stations and fill up that pillowcase with candy so mom and dad grandma and grandpas aunts and uncles bring the kids and they will be hyped hyped up and ready to go all night long that's on friday again arizona tomorrow at seven o'clock boston on friday at seven o'clock you can get your tickets by going to bluejackets.com Thanks for all your questions today. Thanks for being with me live on Twitter Spaces. Thanks for sending me your questions via tweets on Twitter at Bobby Mac Sports. And thank you, of course, for emailing me, Bobby Mac, B-O-B-B-Y-M-A-C, at bluejackets.com. You can get a hold of me in any of those ways, anytime. Next week, we're taking it across the pond, that big pond called the Atlantic Ocean, to Finland for the next Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ and 30. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Maybe I'll have some, maybe I'll have answers for you by then. Like, what are you doing? What did you do with your morning? What I do with my morning, I tested this equipment to see if it was going to work so I could do this show for you. I don't know. We shall see. But that's what we'll do it again next week. Live. Everything permitting. From Helsinki, Finland. Till tomorrow night when the Blue Jackets take on the Coyotes. I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.